I'm back. Hi, you guys. Welcome to the show again, coming home with Lane Kennedy. And today, you know, it's another day, another week, another episode. And I have a fantastic guest with me today, Amber. Amber is so immersed in, well, she's immersed in healing the body and the soul. And she's taken this deep, I want to call it like a retreat. Like she's gone on this retreat, this path of going deep. She's, she lived in Costa Rica for a while, right? Is that right? Yeah, that's right. And now she's in uh, India. Like she is taking it to the next level, ladies. And I love that so much because it's each of us has our own path. And you know what? Today we're going to hear another path. Amber, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you, Lane, for having me. My God, so good to have you. I'm so curious about how you've got on this path. So to begin with, I just want you to share with the audience, just for a couple minutes, on you know how you found your way into healing yourself, right? Like I feel like the, the yoga path and yoga nidra is really about finding yourself and healing yourself. So let's hear a little bit about like what led you to this place in your life right now? Oh yeah, we could, we could be here all day, but I'll just, I'll just let it be simple in that it came from a death. Um, oh. My dad died when I was 17 of cancer. Wow. And um, yeah, from that moment I began like doing everything society was telling me to do. I was going to school. I had a full-time job and, in that I had so much pain that staying busy, doing what society told me to do, do more, do more. Um, I began to numb out drugs and mm. and partying. And I don't judge, I used to judge my path, but I realized that all of those steps led me to the path of yoga yeah. because it was like at the yoga festivals, um, diving deep into the drugs and the, the questioning, like what is the purpose of life that a friend mm. introduced me yoga. Mm -hmm. And um, yoga led me to move to Colorado where I left everything behind in Iowa. I quit high school. I mean, I quit college and I was like told that my family, like I'm going on a quest to study yoga. And they're like, you have a full-time job. You're in college. Like, what are you doing? Like, mm -hmm. no, mm -hmm. this isn't success. And I was like, but I want happiness. And mm. I didn't even know what happiness meant. I just knew that I was miserable. Drugs and alcohol were numbing it out and mm -hmm. staying busy mm -hmm. was not like helping me. So mm -hmm. I moved to Colorado and I began to study yoga and then I found the gift of yoga. I started to slowly sober and yoga was not fun if I had too much to drink the night before. Um, I didn't want to meditate, you know, and so <laughs> I, I gave it up and um, I found a boyfriend, met a boyfriend in Costa Rica that or Colorado that took me to Costa Rica and he's like, mm. let's get you on the beach. Um, let's do some handstands for your birthday. And I was like, yes, please. <laughs> be my favorite pose. You know, it was like the one that I couldn't do, but I was like destined to do. Mm. Um, and so, yeah, fear. I, I went to Colorado and then out of fear, I left Colorado and I moved to Costa Rica where I was like, I want to lead yoga retreats and take on the Pura Vida life. So when you go to Costa Rica, it's simplicity less is more mm. and they have nothing and they're so happy yeah. and like that really spoke to me that I was like these people have nothing yet they're happier than anyone I know where I'm mm. from 
in Costa Rica, I really took on like I own two boxes, two surfboards, now one surfboard and a car. That's mm-hmm. it. Uh-huh. And I'm so happy. You know, I don't need anything else. And um, in that quest now, it's like I'm constantly just following my heart. And, you know, I thought like, oh, I'm going to move to Costa Rica and I'm going to slow down. But I took myself with me. <laughs> right. And I and then I got there and I was like, oh, I'm still so busy. Like I was busier than anyone in Costa Rica. And they're like, how are you doing this? And I was just like, mm-hmm. I don't know. This is, it's in my blood. Yeah. And so I started to slow down um, as I found meditation. I did a 10 day Vipassana meditation, no talking, no eye gazing, no, no nothing. You're mm-hmm. just in and of yourself. Um, yeah. And that led me into yoga nidra and into the path of, of teaching more about the practice of yoga off the mat. That at first the yoga mat process practices about us. I need stillness. How do I deal with this world? And then it's like, how do I take what I've gathered in myself and share that with the world? Mm -hmm. So now my mission is like cleaning up the beaches of plastic, educating people on ways to like fly in say no to certain things because every day we're voting and it's yeah. not just voting for our presidents, but it's in everything that we do. The yoga studio though, that we go to, the food that we eat, mm-hmm. the people that we hang out with, we're voting every day. And so teaching people that, yeah, yes. yoga life off the mat. Okay. Okay. You see you guys, she's, she's speaking my language, right? You, you know, this is such a journey. So I want to go back for just a second. Are you sober? I'm sober. Are you sober through a program? Are you a 12-step program person? Or are you just sober off the yoga mat? No, I just, I choose not to do it because I don't need it. You know, like yeah. I never thought I would get done with a surf and not want to have here. <laughs> I love that. I only and ask now, because, I ask because ahead. I'm sober. I'm sober a long time. I'm sober a couple of decades. And, wow. and sobriety brought me to the mat. So it was, a, it was rever- right. It was, it was like, I, I found recovery and then I found the mat and I've had this relationship with the mat. And you said, it's like, you take the, the mat, you take your, you take what you learn from the mat out into the world. Yeah. Right. And if we're, we're voting with our actions, we're taking these actions because of what we learn as a process of being on the mat. That yeah. is like so valid for me in my life. I love that so much. And this idea of just slowing down. And it's so funny that you, you go, because I do this too. I go to these, like, I'm going to go take a retreat. And then I'm like busy getting mm-hmm. things done, right? But you go to Costa Rica and I love Costa Rica. It's one of my favorite places. It's so it's, yeah, they're happy. These people are so happy. You go there and then you're busy, right? Is this where you found Yoga Nidra? Uh, yeah, one of my teachers there introduced me to Yoga Nidra at a teacher training that I was assisting in. And I was like, what is this? Did you ma- like just totally fall in love with the practice? I did, yeah. Yeah. I it's- dropped out, you know, like it's like that complete high state that you don't need anything to take, you know? Yes. Uh, it, it, you go into this place of yeah, you drop out. That's a good way to put it. I like that. So when you did the teacher training, you just decided I'm in on this. Yeah. Were you able to recognize um, not only your transformation, but the other people's around you transformation? 
as a result yeah, we're of all like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> had the stoned look like where did I just go you know it's like they're just so like in a zone like a completely different person I know that is it's so true we we become different people we become, just yeah. a, a sense of relaxation that we don't meet any, any other way. yeah any other way um was there anything happening with you at the time besides you being busy that you feel like the practice um took care of rearranged in you or um yeah yeah, I would say that it just brought me more of a sense of clarity that it was okay to be still, you know, um, and now I practice yoga nidra, like almost every night before yeah. I go to sleep, you know, um, as a feel that sense of relaxation to calm the nervous system, because it allowed me to find the pause throughout the day when I can incorporate the Nidra stillness throughout the busyness of doing, because it is a practice that we can bring into our to-do list. And that's how we can obtain, you know, a sense of peace and balance in our doing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I know we're such, uh, I feel like we're in such a time right now where everybody is just so busy. Yeah. So busy. And I have a lot of students say to me, you know, there's just not enough time. Not enough time. So what do you say when somebody tells you there's not enough time to practice? Mm, what are your priorities? Oh! And, and like, when was the last time that you tracked what you did in a 24-hour period? Mm -hmm. And how much of that was on your phone? How <laughs> much of it was, you know into something that you actually don't want to put energy into. Have you evaluated how you're assessing your time? That is so good, Amber. So this weekend, I was like, I'm not going on Instagram. Just not doing it. Not doing it. I have to tell you, I felt amazing. <laughs> yeah, I hear that over and over again. Oh my God. I, I, it's not like um, I have to be on there, right? Like, it's, it's not even, it's, it's just such a weird pull, but it all of a sudden, you know, I'll go on for a second. Somebody will catch me, you know, and I'll be in the feed for 20 minutes. And then there's a loss of 20 minutes that a yoga nidra could have happened. Right. Exactly. So I love this idea of really paying attention to where you're placing your time, your attention, uh, your eyeballs <laughs> for sure. Because yeah. I, th I, I think everyone has the time to do this practice everyone and I you know like the reason that came to me is I wanted to learn Spanish and they're like well do you have 10 minutes a day because I bet you spend 10 minutes a day on your phone and you know and if it tells us how much time we spend on our phone now you know and yeah. you go to check your phone for something other than social media and you find your way on social media because right. it's the biggest addiction of our culture right now yeah. is we don't know how to be bored because all we got to do is open our phone and yeah. then we're just, you know, in a cycle of busyness in the mind. So it's like, you know, that even like the old, um, ancient philosophers say like our most creative times come when we're bored, you know, when there's space and yoga Nidra is the space that we need to tap into that creativity that exists within all of us. Okay. Ladies, did you hear that? We need boredom. 
like we need, <laughs> that boredom sparks our intelligence. I'm bored. I'm bored. Like, how, do we even use that term anymore? No. It's, I'm busy. It doesn't even exist. It's, I'm busy. Yeah. It's such a good point. Like, uh, Henry Thou says, like, um, it's not enough to be busy. So are the ants. Um, what are we busy doing? Yes. <laughs> and I think about the ants of Costa Rica. They're, they're moving oh. around so quickly. They're busy all day long, you they know? But they're, they're serving the queen. They have an intention. So right. it's like, what's our intention behind our motives and our actions? That is so good. Okay, so let's talk about intention. Okay, so let's get into the practice for a minute because you just sparked me with the intention, right? Um, and I, I find a lot of my students have, a, have trouble with this part of the practice, the Sankalpa. So what do you share? Uh, and if you've been listening for this, to the show for a long time, you know that I talk about the Sankalpa quite a bit, but the Sankalpa is this intention that we place in the practice. It's a whisper. That's what I call it, a whisper from the, from the soul. And sometimes people are like, I don't know what that is. So how do you guide and direct your students to tap into that and really hear it or to know it? What's your kind of direction on finding that intention or the sankalpa of the practice? Yeah, I invite them to feel into their heart space. Mm -hmm. And I ask them to question, what's your deepest heart's desire? What do you want right now more than anything else in the world? And dedicate your practice to this right now. Um, and yeah, and then diving into like the Sankalpa is your intention, your intention for the practice and to say it to yourself as if it's already done in the present tense. And so then I'll lead them into an example and I'll share the example, repeat it three times and then invite them back into their heart space to question that big question of like, what do I want right now more than anything else? What do I want? And to dedicate that time to this because where we put our attention is what's growing. So if you're so busy, dedicate your practice to whatever it is that you want to manifest, you know, because you can be busy manifesting while doing nothing. Yeah. Right. I love that, that just manifest doing nothing. You can manifest by doing nothing. Like you can just lay your body down to rest and be in a manifesting state. Yeah. That's magic. So magical. I love this idea of um, asking the question, what do you want right now? Just popping in to say, hey, the D-Mind course is now live. If you want to activate your inner rebel, and eliminate the inner critic, then check out the new course, D-Mind Mindfulness and Meditation Course. Five weeks to your best self. That's right. Over at lanekennedy.com forward slash D-M-I-N-D, D-Mind. Okay, let's get back to this manifesting conversation. What do you want right now? It can be that simple, but I find that so many of my ladies or so many people struggle with this. They're like, what, what was it? I, I'm not sure. It was one thing and then it changed to another. Mm-hmm. I get that a lot too. I started like this and then by the end of the practice, it was this and I'm like, hmm, okay. Interesting, yeah. I never heard that feedback before, but I can imagine, especially now, 
we don't actually know what we want yeah. or we're not settled into what it is that we really want in the moment. And oftentimes what we think we want shifts anyways, you know? So it's not about the end result, more about the intention of right now. Mm-hmm. It is all about right now. <laughs> Let's like stay in the present moment, right? I talk about the, um, like the present moment is so generous and what if we lived in that state all the time? How different we would be. How different our interactions would be. How different the world would be, right? If we were just to stay right here in the moment. And just it's so hard. It's so hard. The mind is so active. What do you share with your... Um, students on or what are your kind of pro tips on staying in the moment this is more more about mindfulness but how do you how do you help them out with that i would say that for example i have a friend who she always wants to make the best decision so mm-hmm. she's jumping from left shoulder to right shoulder trying to decide which uh-huh. decision and I said, I really think that you would benefit from breath awareness meditation. Mm. Dedicate your time to watching the breath anywhere at any time. And if you find we all have an anxious mind, you know, it's like the thoughts that create anxiety. So just focus on your breath, constantly bringing your awareness back to the breath again and again. And this is the most simple, basic way, but something we can all relate to because we're breathing all day long. But how aware are we of the breath? Yeah. And in that to acknowledge that the breath is such a gift mm-hmm. um, because it's what brings us life. You know, it's our life force. And to be more mindful is to be aware of the breath because it's with you at every moment. Yeah, that's such a beautiful, beautiful statement. It is such about the breath. I've this maybe the last six months I've gone deeper into breath work because of this deep desire to be in this present moment, to really stay connected to it. And it is the breath that is the one constant that we have. And yeah. like we forget about it. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. Uh, so before our call before we got on here, you started to share a little bit about, you know, you were in Costa Rica doing your thing, being busy and enjoying your lovely life and just taking it all in. And now you're, you've traveled on. So Mm -hmm. let's, let's hear a little bit about what's going on with you and your kind of discovery. It's so fascinating because this year I was like, I came home to Costa Rica for the first time. So I do retreats and trainings the first like eight months in Costa Rica. And then after that I travel and I study and I go work in other places. And this year when I returned back to Costa Rica, it didn't feel like home. Mm. And that was scary. It was so scary for me because people always said, how long will you live in Costa Rica? And I said, forever, as long as forever lasts. Yeah find somewhere that feels more home than Costa Rica. Yet when I got home, it didn't feel like home. And I said, no universe. I said, not until I know where's next. Uh (laughs) And I had seen an astrologist that said like, you know, you think you're going back to Costa Rica, but I just see you on planes. And I was like, no, I have work to do. That's not true. I have things to do. 
<laughs> and when I got back home, uh, it, it, it came to the fact that I didn't have work anymore and things had shifted and some obligations. And I said, okay, the stars knew more than I did. Wow. And the sense of not feeling home is because there's something else. Mm. And I had been looking for Vipassana courses to fit in between my commitments that I had and nothing was working. So I was like, okay, Vipassana comes later. And when this happened, I was like, this is my sign. Mm -hmm. And I looked for all around Central America and there was none. And I applied to one in Mexico and they were full. Mm -hmm. And then my friend said, oh, what about India? You know, because I was coming here to do a teacher training anyhow. And there was one that was open. Mm -hmm. They accepted me right away. I bought my ticket. Wow. And it's funny because when I came to Costa Rica this time, I was like, I'm unpacking my boxes for eight months. I want to ground down. I don't want to go anywhere. I don't want to do anything. I want to yeah. stay. Yeah. And then when I bought this ticket, I was packing my things like, I can't wait to go. And I was like, how does that shift so quickly? And I was like, okay, I didn't know what decision to make. But when the right decision came, it was effortless. It was like they were holding me. Right. And then someone ended up wanting to rent my car while I was away. And wow. all of the doors were just like opening. And I was like, I was meant to go. Mm -hmm. And after I bought my ticket to India, Mexico emailed me, hi, we have one space opened up. <laughs> No. Yeah. So I was like, too late. India, India won, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. And so I guess it's like, you know, I have an intention and I don't always get to know how it's going to turn out, you know? Like, mm -hmm. I have an idea of what it looks like, but, you know, what mm -hmm. it looks like is always so much different than I imagine. Right. But the intention that moves me, you know, and that's, I think like why being present is so important. Mm -hmm. However, it's really hard. I find to be present in uncertainty, you oh. know, because as human, we want to know, we want to be certain. Mm -hmm. And so that was my challenge was finding contentment and not knowing. Mm -hmm. And then when the knowing came, I was like, Oh, it's okay to be there because when you know, you know, there's no question. And it really allowed me to trust when people say they found the right person and they get married after three months or six months or one year. It's like, we can't judge because when you know, you know. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, right now the journey has really allowed me to step into the trusting and the unknown and knowing that when it's time to make a decision, uh, the answer will come. There's no force. Mm -hmm. And for our listeners, why don't you share a little bit about uh, the Vipassana kind of training and when, what, what happens? Yeah, so uh, upon arrival, you give them your cell phone and all forms of communication. That's number one. Then uh -huh. uh -huh. uh, starting on the second day, 4 a.m., you begin your meditation practice and you eat lunch, you eat breakfast and lunch. And other than that, you're meditating all day. Mm -hmm. um, you're not allowed to make eye contact with anyone. There's no talking. And um, at 3 p.m., you have either a tea or a banana. Um, if you're a first-time student or if you're a second-time student, you have no dinner. Um, so you're fasting for typically 18 hours um, in the Vipassana. And so it's about nine full days of 10 hours of meditation, no talking, no cell phone, no connection to anything but yourself. Yeah. I, um, when I started my journey 
into meditation. I did this in Thailand and it, it like blew my mind wide open. <laughs> it was really insane. Um, and when you go through this, um, is this something that you share with your students as well to, do you lead these kinds of retreats as well? I've never led one. Um, in my teacher trainings, we do a day of silence okay. and we do silence while eating. Okay. Uh, will you be taking yoga nidra with you? Yes. Yes. Yeah, so I teach yoga nidra in every teacher training and retreat mm-hmm. because we in retreats and trainings are so busy. Yeah. Uh, and it really is a space where people tell me they've never been so relaxed. Yeah. yeah. Oh, what a gift. What a gift. Mm-hmm. It just keeps on giving. So good. And you have several, um, several recordings up on Insight Timer, yeah. right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, is there anything else that you want to share with the audience or where they should come and find you? I know they're going to want to come and find you. Yeah, so I have several uh, yoga nidras on Insight Timer, and I also have many yoga classes up on my YouTube channel, mm, Amber Hackett. That's right. Um, as well as retreats in Bali, Costa Rica, Australia. Um, like so dreamy, Amber. So it's so great that uh, I love your story and that you know. How do I want to say this? We all have a path. And even though, you know, you had this kind of terrible thing happen, it cracked you open to start walking in a direction that you were, had no idea where you were going, right? The drugs and the alcohol, which led you to the mat, which led you to really uncovering who you are, right? This like beautiful soul who now is out helping others in the world connect to themselves. And I just, I love that so much that when we tune into it and you're so young, you know, like mm. you found this really early, like oh, so stoked for you. Uh, so for anybody who's listening, it's like at any time we can discover this, right? Like it doesn't have to be, you don't have to be, you know, 65, you don't have to be 45, you could be 20 and discovering like, I want to go into this. I want to, I want to teach and help others. And the statement that you talked about, I just want to circle back to this because I keep, I keep hearing it in my ears about like voting with your presence or this, you know, cleaning up the shores with plastic, you know, from plastic. And I would love it if you could share one thing that you, one tip on how someone could take action it's small action, right? Because we're all so busy, but what's one action that she could take to start moving towards helping her grow and evolve? Okay, I have a few things. So um, the Yoga Sutra 1.1 from Patanjali is the time is now ready. When you're ready to be the student, when you're ready to take that step, um, yeah. right now. It doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter what you're going through. Just know that it's going to be messy. It's going to be beautiful. (laughs) It's going to be hard. It's going to be ugly, but it's going to be worth it. 
Um, so following your heart and knowing that if you have, if you're seeking, if you're questioning, the answer is go for it. And that fear is there to keep you safe, but not to hold you back. Don't allow the what if I fail to stop you from what if I fly. And so the one thing that I would say is take the leap. Um, and the little voice inside of my head when I left Iowa was, you can always go back to Iowa and be a waitress. And when, when I left Colorado, it was, you can always go back to Colorado and teach yoga. And trying to do instead of saying you can go backwards is, I want to go forwards without a plan B because this is my purpose. And so if it's right now, that's what's going to keep you safe is to know that you can always come back to where you are, then use that because it helped me many times take the leap into the unknown. And I moved from Colorado where I had a full-time salary and I was working maybe 12 hours a week. And I moved to Costa Rica where minimum wage was less than $3. And I was like, how am I going to do this? You know, and it's like, it was scary. Um, and I also would say that um, you can find me at Instagram at amberhagberg.com because I have a book, Eight Ways to Reduce Your Impact on the Planet. And Yay! I would love to share with anyone that wants to start voting with how they shop and what they do in the world that the world needs us now more than ever because she's our ultimate container, you know, like mm -hmm. yoga, nidra, yoga is and purify our bodies, our temple, this only thing that we have to experience life, but we have to take care of mama earth or our bodies have nowhere to live either. So it goes hand in hand and yeah, vote for yourself by getting on the mat and vote for the planet, you know, for our future generations to come. Oh, so beautiful. I love hanging out with you. You're my people. Ah, oh, so good. So please, everyone, go check out what Amber is doing over at Amber Hegberg and get her little book on, you know, how to make things better in this world because we do need it. Uh, go find her on Insight Timer. She has some beautiful practices. Find out what's going on with her. You know, I love that. Thank you so much for being on the show with me today. It's been so good to have you with me. Such a privilege. Thank you. You guys, that's a wrap. May you find something so juicy today, something light, something bright to be the best you can be. Thanks for being with me today. Take good care until next time. Thanks for listening. Make sure you grab that free app over at lanekennedy.com forward slash new friend and start the quiet meditation. Okay. Thanks.